Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. We got uh, Colson and Paul here with me. Um, Chris is the top secret mission that Chris is on this week is he's with the Forge. We couldn't say last week in case one of them uh, was listening. We didn't want to give it away. But None of them listen. I don't think so, but I, I just I don't want right. to be that You're guy. Right. You're right. But he's with the Forge. I guarantee they're not listening because they are on a camp out where I guess they're, I don't know, they're simulating a survival situation. Is that the best way to put it, Paul? Yeah. Yep. They don't know how long they're going to be out there, correct? They don't know how long they're going to be out in the woods. They have very limited resources. But thankfully, it's not super cold, which some years it is. Yeah. But Chris is out there to make sure they don't die. But to bring them close. But to get them as close as he can. <laughs> Break them down to build them up. Yeah, right. Oh, um, always an interesting thing. If you know a Forge student, ask them about the camp out. I think that's what they call it. Um, and they'll they'll be able to tell you uh, what, what that was like. Especially if you know Dexter. Ask him about his year because that one was eventful. <laughs> Basically, Man. nobody drank water unless it was handed to them. And a whole bunch of them got dehydrated, but... I'm sure the first-hand account will be better than that. Paul, you've been on the camp out. You used to do it by yep. yourself, and you've done it with Chris. Yep. I was there during Dexter's. You were there during Dexter's? Yeah, he was hilarious. He was hilarious. <laughs> well, Dexter's always funny, but I imagine in that situation he'd be funny too. Yep. But am I right? They they just basically didn't didn't drink water? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a handful of them. Man. Just thought they were going, back, going home. No big deal. Yep, it's totally crazy when you have in your mind when... Suffering will end versus when it won't. Huh. It's mm-hmm. almost almost like there's a tie-in here to what we're talking about. Yep. We uh, we got all the uh, – Chris got us all the way through First uh, Peter um, this past Sunday. We, we, got, we got through the last verse, um, and we've got one more Sunday before um, – Advent starts. Advent starts on the 28th this year, which it's always weird to me when it starts in November. But hey, that's the way the calendar rolls. Yep, it does feel funny. Um, but uh, he finished, um, and, and we've been talking about the last couple of episodes of the in-between, how we're going to go into the Advent, talking about waiting. Interestingly enough, Paul has not been here for the last couple of episodes, and... Paul is preaching this Sunday, and he didn't know what we were preaching about. But, Paul, would you just tell us that you're going to preach about this Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Chris asked me to preach this Sunday, I think, again, because he was out all week doing the survival thing yeah. and, and just the timing of it all to give him another break. Um, and originally he had he had outlined that he would have finished First Peter this last Sunday, and right. then we would have had a Sunday in between. And so he asked me if I would do a recap um, and do a whole kind of, again, since we've gone through this whole book for so long, how much of it, you know, have we forgotten or what are the key pieces? And, you know, could you preach on essentially the entire book thematically for one Sunday? Ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh, which is, which is quite a task. Hey, it took us a long time to get through this. Did you just do it in one Sunday? And, and then what it really felt like was going, very, going back to what we did right before we started the book, um, which we kind of set out a here's what the whole book is when we got started in a series. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, well, I'll just 
look up that and preach that again because nobody will remember that. No, of so course long not. Ago. <laughs> um, but but in it, great in, idea by the way. Yeah, in preparation for it, I really was kind of just this idea again of a present or coming suffering or or seeing a next shift this reoccurring birth pains you know kind of idea even Mm -hmm. in our culture of are we now as christians going to move into american christians as into a season of suffering that is different than what we've had before yeah um but really this idea of what peter has been outlining this whole time of why on earth would you pursue righteousness at the level um that you would and, it, and he's outlining because there is a present suffering and there is a future glory revealed. Because righteousness produces suffering. And suffering produces righteousness. Yeah. And so this, again, this interplay between these two and then this notion of how long or will this be a repeat or will this be the last? And it really, again, just kind of drew me of this idea as Peter is finishing um, chapter five, and after you, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And I think that, that again, this term, a little while, after you have suffered a little mm-hmm. while, and this is him writing that to Christians 2,000 years ago, mm. and yet here we are. 2,000 years later. 2,000 years later asking, okay, is this a little while? Or is a little while done? Or is there a little while longer? And that really kind of just drew upon me of this notion of what what does it take to wait on the Lord? Because this is his timing. I mean, he's 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 expressing this. There there is an end. He who called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm and strengthen and establish you. And that sounds really great. And that sounds like what I want. Mm. Um so on your own, without any prompting, <laughs> without without any prompting. So then I was like, no, I think it would be an interesting conversation to to preach about waiting on the Lord. It sounds like a prompting from the Holy Spirit. And then coming back and right before this podcast starting, and John saying like, oh yeah, because you missed the meeting that we discussed what we're doing for Advent when we're talking about waiting on the Lord, and we're going to be doing waiting on the Lord. So really I'm just funny. saying, guys, stuff like this gets me really excited. I, this mm. this may not get a be exciting to anybody else but anytime it's like no that's a that's a confirmation um that god is at least talking to all of us in the same uh way and i think i think super um important for where we are in life not not just because we came out of first peter and because we're going into advent but because of what's going on in our lives right now i think this is something that we we need to be very serious about um, we were at uh, the Worldview Weekend this past weekend, mm. um, and one of the things that uh, Chris Sherrod was talking to the students about as it was getting started was like, "Hey, you know, a lot of a lot of what you're doing, it, it doesn't feel like it's very, you know, immediately important." And and I'm sure that like I I felt that way in high school and there's so many things that you're learning that you're like I'm never going to use this or I just got to do this to pass a test or anything Mm -hmm. like that um but he's like this this is actually really important right now it's very important that you listen to what we're talking to you about right now because it's a it's about to make a big difference in your life um and I I feel like saying that to the whole church like Mm -hmm. hey 
in case you've zoned out for a little while, in case the 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 phrasing of or the preaching of First Peter over and over and over again has lulled you into some sort of yeah we're going to talk about suffering but we always talk about suffering in first in first peter like mm-hmm. yeah um it's really important that you listen right now because this this is an important thing um and i joked with uh um chris right before he went on his um on this trip that he's they they kind of talk about the camp out because it's not easy and you're not eating and you're not um it's not easy to get water and stuff like that and the idea that like i was like hey hey boss enjoy your suffering it's like suffering training that you're going into right now and that idea that like chris said it last sunday we just we really don't like being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and and sometimes we need to train ourselves in being uncomfortable have you ever thought of either one of you? Have you ever thought of uh, fasting as that? As causing uncomfort? Yeah that that the that it's training your body to to be okay with being uncomfortable. Hmm. I honestly haven't. Yeah, but that's an interesting thought. I think I think I would have more more thought of it as you are you're putting yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable, so that in that uncomfort you're reminded. Mm-hmm. Um, to focus your attention on what what you are fasting for, mm-hmm. right? And to ask, you know, and whereas again, it's like, when is the greatest time that I'm going to forget? Uh, it's when I'm comfortable. Comfortable. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the greatest time that I'm going to be lazy is when I'm comfortable. The greatest time I'm yeah. going to be self dependent is when I'm comfortable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the idea of of uncomfort as being something that is different than my normal to yeah. remind me of whatever I'm praying for in the season. Yeah, I think that it might be um, a good idea for us to do fasting and stuff like that as a as a as as a training of when you are uncomfortable, this is what you what do. You do. Mm. Um, because I know a few people um, recently that have been in really uncomfortable positions, and instead of that being a reminder um, f- to pray to go to God in those situations, they just start complaining. Mm-hmm. Hmm. they start forgetting even more. And I feel like that training is necessary. You know, Paul talks about that. Um, Oh shoot. What letter is that? Is that in Romans or is it in Corinthians? The um, physical it's in Corinthians, right? Physical, uh, physical training is, of some good. What am I? Hold on. I'm going to get this. It's going to happen. Physical training. <laughs> of some value. Right? 925. Are you talking about that? The prize that will fade away? Oh, no. It's First Timothy. There you go. First Timothy 4. Sorry. I knew it was Paul. <laughs> Your dad's listening uh, going, First Timothy 4! <laughs> Come on, son. Stop it! Anyway, sorry. I had, I, dad has years of memorizing scripture, and I have the Logos app. So what is the... So yeah, what is what is this Sorry, it says... Uh, um, um, 
this is Paul talking to Timothy, and he says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Uh, this saying is trustworthy and of full acceptance. Mm. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So again, the idea that like we're toiling and striving in godliness, not because that's what saves us, um, but because our hope is set on the living God and we're trying to remind ourselves Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're putting the the thing in front of us that is so often easily slips behind us, mm-hmm. um, and so inside of, uh, you know, any kind of un- discomfort. Sorry, yeah. um, uncomfort, uncomfort, discomfort, uncomfort, discomfort. You know, it this also has got me thinking too the way that I process a lot of these things, like the discomfort is, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm experiencing any sort of suffering Mm -hmm. or discomfort or something that is not pleasant, I'm going to try to white knuckle my way into comfort again, fabricate something in my own strength. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a lot of our Western kind of American and not necessarily just faith, but where we are with things that we can distract ourselves with policies that we can change in government. I think it's easy for us to, when we experience suffering to then, okay, well, what are we going to do to not be suffering? Right. What are we going to do? How are we going to vote to change this? And it's like, I think, I think that's, it's a great reminder in, in first Peter, like it's, it's not a, what can we do? It is who are we waiting on? Mm Mm-hmm. And rather than a solution that is not a person, that's something that we can do. I think that's been a huge thing that I'm still learning is like, this is, this is about Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is about the, the end goal, not just what's happening in my own life, comfort or fill in the blank. Yeah. This is a part of the podcast where I say, have you seen a movie? And Paul says, no. Let's just see. No. I I know that's what's going to happen. So the new movie Dune. No. I've not seen it. You haven't seen it either. No. All right. Well, now I'm just talking to anybody. Sorry, on the Chris. Podcast Chris Kincaid is listening. Chris Kincaid is listening, and Chris, you know that part um, in in the movie where uh, they make um, oh gosh, what's the kid's name? Anyway, the main character they they Mr. make him Mr. Dune. Mr. Dune. They make Timothy him, Chalamet. Yeah, that guy. They make him put his hand in the box um, uh, because they say that an animal who's in pain um, will gnaw a limb off in order to um, not be in pain. So the the idea is they, they inflict pain on him um, to, to see how he's going to respond to it. Is and this a spoiler? It's super complicated and everything like that. No. Um, but... Uh, not an important part of the movie unless you know the context, but um, he withstands it. And the idea behind their like testing of him in that is that he has been trained in something that has a whole lot of power. It's very powerful. And how he responds when he is in pain could 
show whether or not he's going to misuse the power that he has or if he is going to handle it well. Like if he's going to uh, remember his training, I guess, in those in those moments. And um, I, it didn't occur to me until we were talking about this to like, well, that's that's pretty true for, for what we have because there's so, I mean, you know, People get hungry, people get uncomfortable, and it's amazing how quickly they turn into a very animalistic response to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how quickly we, we get, like, vicious um, in those scenarios. We can get mean, we can get ugly, we can, we can be hurtful to each other um, when we get uncomfortable. And the idea is, like, we – or what I'm uh, – suggesting is maybe we need to uh start as a you know church and you know just as a people maybe we need to start getting ourselves ready for feeling pain and not responding um those ways because i feel like pain is coming um and i feel like if we're not ready then we'll just get into that fight or flight part of our brain and Mm -hmm. not um not respond well to it. Yeah. GK Chesterton has a, a, a line where he's talking about um, not knowing what's inside the barrel and, and essentially like, mm-hmm. what are you filling yourself with? And he says, you, you, you actually don't know what is inside the barrel until you agitate the barrel. And so he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he describes putting a stick in and stirring. And when you're stirring the liquid inside the barrel, you're either getting then now the release of the aromatic perfume because what's in the barrel is, sweet or you get the the putrescent bile yeah Yeah. the the smell of of awfulness because because that's what you filled yourself with but yet on the outside of the barrel the barrel is the same barrel Mm. um and and essentially it's his whole point is you you i guess exude what you consume and so what are you consuming what are you putting inside and and if you're putting inside again a world of impatience of of comfort of you know all the things you can provide for yourself, then in those moments, yourself is what's going to come out. And like you're saying, the, the hangry, the, you know, how quick we are to just being turning to those, those animalistic, as you described it, um, uh, ways is in our flesh is very easy. Yeah. And yet what is hard is what we can't do, which is allow Christ to be transformative in our lives and let him be the one that comes out when we are stirred and when we are under that suffering. And so again, yeah. that's all the more the importance of why we need to consume, consume him, consume right. his word and allow that to be what fills us up inside, not just what we can do. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard, hard match. Yeah. I think that's, this is, this is, this is the kind of thing that, um, again, Paul was referring to in his letter to the Philippians in chapter two. And I'm, I know where this one is. <laughs> where he says, uh, um, then work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who uh, works in you both to will and to do of his good purpose. Um, it's not work out your salvation like solve the math problem in fear and trembling because mm-hmm. um, you're scared of what the answer to the math problem is. It's like this is really important, and we need to have the like – weight of the importance on us that what what is happening right now in our lives I mean I feel like Christians can it would be really easy to 
have an almost laz- not laissez-faire. I don't feel like that's the right. Maybe it is. Um, attitude towards life that like, well, we don't like we belong in heaven. I've got a cool sweatshirt now um, that says uh, my home is in heaven. I'm just here recruiting. Um, and that's funny and whatever, but it also could be taken as flippant. I don't, I don't think I want to, um, understand it as flippant that like, well, I'm, it's no big deal that I'm here. Like this, this life is really important. Um, it is not forever. It is not where our hope is. It is not, you know, what we're, uh, counting on to have relevance or anything like that, but it is really Mm -hmm. important. Um, and, inside of it we can um we can take that for granted and we can not be as um i guess seriously minded about uh what god is working inside of us which mm-hmm. is sanctification mm-hmm. um and yeah working through our living like we're saved Mm-hmm. working through our salvation with fear and trembling um, because God, the maker of heaven and earth, the um, holy uncreated one um, is the one working inside of you. Yeah. It's really interesting. You mentioned hope. Um, and then that is in Romans eight twenty four. 24 for in this hope we were saved. Mm-hmm. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope, for what we do not see, mm-hmm. we wait for it with patience. And I think, yeah, that idea of how how quick we are to forget yeah, and not wait with patience in this life. Oh, yeah. And to wonder how much of that is drawn from a lack of hope. Yeah. As the Ted Lasso fans on here will remember, it's the hope that kills you. Nope, just me. Okay, great. <laughs> Never seen it. Of course, Paul's never seen it. Paul doesn't watch things. So wait, uh, Paul, are you going to, I guess, what are, are there any specific directions that you're thinking through for, for waiting? I mean, part of it and, and back to, you know, you're, we were already kind of mentioning this American culture and, and part of my brain was like, yeah, did, is there any culture in this world that waits well? And it certainly isn't ours. If there is ever a culture that does not celebrate waiting, mm. um, it is ours. I mean, the the microwave America that, you know, efficiency and speed and production. Um, and maybe some of this is because I just took my family to Disney uh, in Florida, Disneyland, Disney World, which one ever. Disney, Disney World. 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 Took my family he to Disney He doesn't even World. know. He doesn't even know. I don't even know. But <laughs> the idea of waiting in line has now taken a whole different meaning with my children and family at yeah. Disney world. And it's like, I don't, I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, you know what sounds good right now? Standing in line. Let me go get in the long line, man. I'm really hungry. I, you know, church just let out. Let's go eat. Where should we go? Somewhere hey, with the long line. Yeah. Let's pick where we have to wait the longest. Cause that's going to be a good, mm-hmm. a good meal. And it's like, I, I, I don't know anybody like that. And if, and if mm-hmm. there are people like that, man, I don't know what kind of special blessings you have in life. I, um, yeah, it would have to, I mean, I, I think because, because I think it is a human characteristic. I don't think that it's a, um, I mean, all the way down to, I was, I was thinking about like, well, farmers have to wait. They have to, 
Um, yeah. But even modern farming is because of trying to feed so many people and everything like that. I don't blame farmers or ranchers or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But they they are trying to find ways to grow crops faster and bigger and, you know, make cattle produce more. Like, it, it is a natural consequence of the always needing, always wanting thing that everything has taken on a how fast can I do this bent. And the the guys that, you know do things differently they're they're seen as weird inside of that anyway there's i think i think that that would be a worthwhile uh trying trying to think of someone who has and i'm I'm, this is what i was getting at someone who has disciplined themselves to -hmm. take on a waiting posture um in the midst of a world that does not wait um that all truth is god's truth i don't care where we find it like i think that would be worth studying because I think it is not just an American thing. We do it really well. We do yeah. impatience and not waiting really well. Because mm-hmm. it's like you can, in the same way, training in suffering. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's also a, probably a benefit in training and waiting mm-hmm. in Absolutely. that patience. Absolutely. But it's hard. It's hard when we're conditioned yeah. to not wait. I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know what you're planning to talk about on Sunday with any of that. But I'm. I'm eager to hear. I think some of the other thing is like it's. It's also different. And I know I've shared this, even from the pulpit and a couple of illustrations, even of my own life. But there's something also also hard about waiting for what is good. Mm. Um, when it's like it's it's a good thing. So why isn't it? Why isn't it here? Like Lord, you're doing something good. Oh gosh. Oh man. I'm getting all kinds of convicted right now. Sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah, holding to that idea of like, okay, well, if it's, if it's a good thing, then why, why, why wouldn't he enact it now? Um, and Peter, Peter gets to this in his next letter, um, in three, nine, when he's, when he's speaking of the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Right. Because I do, I do think that I think my my natural brain of patience for the Lord when we're when again we're going through suffering or we're going through trials or we're just even going through this life, and I'm like, you know, come Lord Jesus, come. One of my hardest refrains with that is like, why haven't you come? Like that's mm-hmm. good. Like this is a good thing. This is you. You enacting. love to give good gifts. Exactly. This is you enacting. Uh, all things for the measure of goodness, uh, for our goodness of those who are entrusted to you. And so why, why haven't you come? Mm. And yet here, here Peter says, as some count slowness, I would be one of those saying, Lord, surely you're slow. Um, because you, but we were supposed to be reminded he is not slow to fulfill his promise, but is patient Mm. towards you, not wishing that any should perish that all should reach repentance and that idea there of yes there there's a greater good that is coming that the lord will be doing he is not being slow in enacting it he is being patient because he has the ideal good which is all should reach repentance he's going to give everybody the opportunity as he is he is provident to do so and so should 
uh, how then should I align my patience with the Lord's patience? Man, get ready for Sunday. Be blessed.